Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. As we've alluded to on our other shows, this offseason, our Crack Rackets team attempted to speak with every Power 5 men's and women's head coach employed throughout the college tennis world. We asked each of them about their team's respective 2021 seasons and what we should expect from them here in 2022. Of course, we also offered them a platform to share their thoughts on some of the big picture topics in college tennis. It is a fantastic series that our team is ecstatic to finally start sharing with the broader college tennis community over the next six weeks. Fans can expect no fewer than 10 episodes a week to be posted on this feed. A huge shout out to our friends at Tennis Point for their support with this series. Remember, go to tennis-point.com right now. Use that promo code CR15 to express your thanks. With all of that said, we're ready to get to today's episode. So Westoff, hit those credits. Let's start today's show. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Joining us on the podcast today is a guest I am very excited to chat with. You may know her as a two-time All-American at Texas A&M, led her team to the NCAA Finals in 2013. Of course, now we know her as the head coach of the Arkansas Women's Tennis Program. Please welcome to the show, Christina Sanchez-Quintanar. Coach, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Thank you, Alex. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm doing, doing great. Just finished practice, so so ready to have a chat with you. Oh, I appreciate you coming on the show today. I, I feel like that's an early practice. Well, I guess it's the fall, so it's kind of, it's all over the place, right? Yeah, yeah. No, we, we have individuals this morning, but normally we practice in the morning and in the afternoon, depending on the day. Mm-hmm. And for you, obviously, first few months on the job, let's just get right into it. How has it been getting to know everyone on the roster and just getting acclimated to the team? Uh, definitely interesting. Uh, definitely um, different than being an assistant. Uh, it's a lot of more on my plate. Um, I love it though. I like to, I like to to make a certain kind of decisions, which um, I was ready uh, mm-hmm. when when I I was finishing the, at UCF. Um, I was super lucky that I, I got to learn about how to be a good head coach from uh, from like Brian. Brian was a uh, amazing with me during five years helped me out like tons uh, more than tons and um one of the reasons that i'm here today is, is thanks to him you know like uh, all the the work we did there to put the team where to help him to put the team where he he put it and um and now being here is just like 
for for me is uh, it's a, a blessing like i cannot but um, i love the job i love the, the place Fayetteville is, is amazing the people here is super welcoming and um and the girls the girls are from day one um they're trusting my my culture it's not easy to make them understand certain certain things about practicing and and, and competing but um little by little we are we're in the right track. That's awesome to hear. Did Coach Kenyeko teach you the secret of how to stay so young looking? Because I actually think he looks <laughs> younger now than he did as a college like player. Well, I guess so, because here every time it's like, oh, you play tennis, you're like, damn it, I'm the coach. Love <laughs> <laughs> it. I need to like I'm ordering polos and like I tell the equipment guys, like, I don't want t-shirts. Please <laughs> don't make me look like an athlete, please, because Every day, someone like, oh, do you play soccer or do you play tennis? Like, no, I'm the coach. <laughs> yeah, no, I like it. You could get just like a specially coaching tie or something, something funky. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, to mm-hmm. signify. I like that. But no, it, it's so fascinating for you because obviously you transitioned pretty quickly from player to pro to coach and uh, mm-hmm. obviously still very early in your coaching career. But uh, how helpful is it for you, particularly early on with a roster? I'm sure you remember your freshman season uh, at, te- you know, both Maryland and Texas A&M and just, mm-hmm. you know, having to transfer. How how much has that helped you with this process? I mean, tons. I mean, uh, all, every experience that I had during, like, my college career, my pro career, is, those experiences are the reason why I'm here because I've been in, in a lot of good positions, tough positions. Uh, I let, I, The fact that everyone is like, oh, you play three sports, but the – the most grateful I am about playing the three sports is because I, I went through a lot of experience that now I can I can help my girls with, with some of their own issues just because I've been in their spot and, and they see that and they trust what I'm saying because they know I've been going through the same struggles. So yeah, sometimes I didn't want to go through those struggles, but those struggles are helping me out right now in my career because I think one of the good things that my strengths is being able because I'm close to the age of them and, and their generation a little bit more than other coaches, I I can understand their struggles and even those they're way different than when I was a, an athlete, but I think going through all those experiences is is the reason why um I'm kind of successful right now, I wanna say. Mm-hmm. No, I, I always say we watch Drake and Josh. They watch iCarly. It's like one generation off right now. It's pretty close. But uh, no, and I, I'm curious for you having, and I think it's seven returners to the roster from last season. Yes. Maybe, yeah, I think it's seven. Mm-hmm. How helpful is that as well? People who are familiar with Fayetteville, familiar with, you know, all it just again, you're you're not coming into a new team, right? There are plenty of familiar faces returning this year. Yeah, no, it's, it's completely different. Like when, when, when I... I compare always when I started UCF. When I started UCF, we came to a team that it wasn't in the map. You know, it was like all uh, building from from the ground. I mean, fortunately here, like we have like really good players already, um, and and all of them. Like I had a talk with them in the summer. I understood this, some of them because the coach left, the assistant left. They wanted to to go, um, but I had a conversation with them and and told them that I wanna I wanted to keep all of them and and understanding that what they went through and, and trying to like help them out uh, in this transition year. And, and yeah, they're like, it, it helps a lot that there's like seven players that they were on the team. Obviously I, I got two more and, and now I'm getting a couple more from, for next year. So um, 
it helps. It helps that they already know the place and the culture. It's more me adjusting to them than them adjusting to me, to yeah. be honest. Is, I feel like the biggest shock must be going from Orlando weather to Fayetteville weather because it's not the <laughs> same swampiness. It's a little different here. No, I, li- I like the weather here though because mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm from a small town in Spain, uh, in the literally in the middle of Spain, and mm-hmm. the weather is exactly the same as here. So <laughs> it kind of makes me feel like I'm home. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like going to the, the, it gets in the night and it's cold actually. It's not that I complain. Like I love Orlando. Like uh, I always, I mean, in the spare time, the nights I used to go to play soccer, and I love it because it was just like it was nice to be like 9 p.m. and, and not being cold. Um, but it's just it's a different lifestyle now. I mean, and obviously my, to be honest, my life just changed from like uh, you can flip it as many times as you want. That will happen in my life in the last four months. So uh, adjusting to the weather is the last of my worries <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good i feel like in the priority list that's a good thing when that's on the bottom but um <laughs> for you again it's a relatively familiar roster but you know you had to coach a ucf team last year that reached the round of 16 you were busy it's not like you have all this spare time to watch arkansas footage i'm curious how many hours on the playsite machine are we talking like just hours and hours of film to rewatch these players and you know for you looking at uh at, at the early parts who are some of the people who have stood out to to be honest i when i go here in summer yeah i download a, a few matches from every player uh in playsite just to to have a, a look of um what, I, what I'm going to work with, but I'm pretty good at like watching a player practicing or, or, or playing a match and I, I can get it pretty quick what we need to work on. Um, so yes, I spend time watching video, but not as much as you, you say. Like, <laughs> no, I, I'd rather, I'd rather have the, the feeling with them. I had more time. I spend more time talking to them individually than watching them videos play. Sure. No, and I think that's a winning arrangement. And uh, I, I know last year, I think for Arkansas, the you know the SEC had a little bit more leniency than some of the other conferences in terms of practice schedule. And I know Gosh. the hidden duels played. You know they were allowed to do During everything. The fall. Yeah. yeah. And we I, I, I want to ask. We didn't have that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I want to ask you your thoughts on the hidden duels here this fall. But to have a full fall with any group of players, how much better is it for you this offseason? Just how much easier? <clears throat> I mean, I'm sure you're. If you never have to do another Zoom conference again, I'm sure you're fine with that. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm getting used to it, though. I'm getting used to it. I like it. <laughs> good. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, the, the fall is, it's been it's been good. Obviously, um, it's been um, the organization because I have players with kind of different levels. Players that are playing the All-Americans, players that want to play the ITF tournaments. And, and I'm fine with this. That's the kind of program that, that I, I want to have. I know I understand not every player have the same needs and I have to adjust and work a little bit harder to, to make a plan for each of them. But so far, so good. I mean, we have one more mocking duel in Texas A&M um, this weekend um, with really good schools playing there. And yeah, I'm not going to be able to go with a full squad healthy because, you know, like fall happens and a lot of tournaments. But um, it's, it's the first time I'm going to travel with the whole team, the assistant come with me, then like the, the first time it's going to be the whole team traveling. So I'm, I'm excited for that, but it has, we had to wait until the last tournament of the fall to be able to do that. The rest of thing was like, you here, I'm here, <laughs> or you go here, then you take this one, just stay with the volunteer. So fall is, uh, is something else. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah. it's back is the best part. It's like especially mm-hmm. after last off season when there was nothing, and you know you got no, the chance to go with the for hit real. It. Like yeah. I appreciate it. Like I'm enjoying it. I, I enjoy the fall. A lot of people doesn't like it, but I mean I like to go to one tournament and the other mm-hmm. tournament and get the girls ready. And more after last year that I was there. To be honest, like I never had so many weekends off as I had during quarantine because uh, I, we couldn't do anything, you know, like you can even, couldn't even practice. You couldn't even like, I don't complain. I have the weekends off, but <laughs> now, but now like I don't have them anymore and, um, and I enjoy them, but now it's, it's, it's time to to grind again and mm-hmm. this is what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. And you talk about, I think first hit and duel for you is this weekend. Or, I mean, you may have played a couple more, but you have the full roster, I suppose, this weekend. Yes. What have you thought about the SEC hit and dual format? I know the coaches there really liked it last offseason, the opportunity to get to see the team competing together. Do you think we see more hit and dual team stuff in the fall moving forward? I think I think it's a it's a good it's a good idea. I mean, I've been uh, play. We went to Baylor a couple of weeks ago, and uh, going now to Texas A and M, and I think. I mean, it's it's the best way to prepare to prepare the players. Um, I was trying to plan to do something here, but um, I had a lot on my plate. Uh, probably <laughs> next 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 year, I'm, I'm for sure gonna do it. But I think it's it's the best way because it's it's the more like the more similar for what you're gonna play during the season. Mm-hmm. And then you have the whole team, you have the atmosphere, you have the girls cheering for each other, and then you know when it's like a full tournament and these individual tournaments, they don't find that fire and and the fun part about college is the team part mm-hmm. in my opinion that's how i lived it and um, mm-hmm. so well, I, I think because I think chris so. chris young suggested me and i apologize for cutting you off but uh he suggested the one thing he worries about and i thought this was a good comeback so i was going to start bringing this up uh yeah. just, I'm, what i started to do is just steal from all of the coaches i'm like oh that's a good point i'm taking that i told <laughs> just like you know i was trying to plan my my plan is it was with Chris trying to make a tournament happen here like um, two months ago, but we couldn't make it happen. Yeah, no, he definitely thinks outside the box, which is which always makes chatting with him fun. And his concern is you don't want members of your team to feel typecast like oh i'm gonna play five or six all year long because i'm here in the fall or oh i'm you know i'm playing at the Mm -hmm. nine spot i don't i don't want to be nine like this and you start to feel that pressure and you start to get frustrated does mm-hmm. the individual stuff in the fall, it at least, you know, it gives you those opportunities to think bigger and kind of dream big and say, well, I can do anything here this fall. As someone who, again, you played the individuals, is that your motivation in the fall? Or, you know, again, do you think for most players it's like, ah, let's get to the team stuff? I I, I mean, I'm trying to put myself in that situation when I was a player. And I remember, I mean... I was a competitor, so for for myself, I didn't care what I played. You know, like I played the All Americans by myself, I played the Regionals by myself, but I remember always enjoying more going with with the team, mm-hmm. with the team, and um, and with with these individual tournaments, it, it helps the girls that normally don't play to get more matches. And this is what like I have my work on. So I'm super like the fall. I kind of organize to for them to. For the walk-ons, I mean, when I tell them at the beginning of the of the fall, they're like, "Hey, you gotta be ready. You're gonna play four or five tournaments." And they were like, "What? <laughs> like, I wanna play?" I'm like, "Duh! Like, if I don't want you to play, you're not gonna be in my team. Like, why well, wanna have you in my team if I don't? If I'm not here for you to make you play as well? That's what you wanna be, be. So probably in the in the spring, you're not gonna have that many chances. But now I'm gonna give you the chance to like prove yourself if you need to prove yourself." 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so that's that's what I, I think about the, the the fall is good for the players that they don't have that many chances during the season. Mm-hmm. No, and, and so again, I, I do think it's going to be something to keep an eye on. Just will there be uh, some changes in the formats? What will they try to do? I know the NCAA tournament, moving that to the fall is another consideration. We'll get to that later, I promise. But I do want to talk about the players you're bringing back here and you know how they performed in 2022 looking forward, or 2021 as we look forward here to 2022. And again, seven returners, a bunch of players who played all mm-hmm. different spots of the lineup. Mm-hmm. Let's start at the top, and obviously, you could argue Kelly Keller is the best name in all of college tennis, right? Like, that's that's pretty good. I'm just saying, underrated name there. Uh, but for her <laughs> last season, you know, again, she's playing in the top half of the lineup. She goes 8-3 and three at the number two singles position. Uh, to do that yeah. in the SEC conference, you take notice. Uh, you know, is that someone you could see jumping up, filling the hole at number one, and just, you know, stepping into a role there? It can. It can, but the problem is, like, I have another two or three that can do that too. <laughs> so, so yeah, Kelly, I mean, Kelly's uh, unbelievable. She, she competes. She's a warrior. I mean, she's been, she was injured in the summer with a, with a problem for six weeks. Uh, she came back in a way in a week. I took her to, to Baylor, uh, to the mock duel. And I didn't thought she was going to be ready for it because she was six weeks out. I mean, literally on a boot, hitting forehands on the spot, <laughs> just in a chair because she just wanted to play. So I have Georgie there, like, feeling balls to her because she wanted to play. But to be honest, I didn't thought she was going to be ready to compete. And, God, like, she killed it. Mm-hmm. Literally, she killed it that tournament. She played three three matches, three hard matches. And, man, I did, never saw her competing it, like, in person. And, and she killed it. I mean... Uh, Kelly is, is a girl that she had a really uh, personally a really tough year for her, and um, the way she showed her character on the court, I mean, I think is is unbelievable. And um, and yes, I'm she's one of the best on the team. But as I said, she's I mean, I'm I'm here and I'm seeing the level of, of my girls, and I cannot tell you. Honestly, cannot tell you she's the best. Yeah. Well, the reason I bring it up is because you look at the records from last season, and they're all pretty solid. But obviously, you bring back Tatum Rice as well, who goes nine and eight overall in dual matches, eight and eight at three singles. You bring back Indiana Spink as yeah, well. Yeah. Be, be careful with Tate this year. Be careful. With- okay, that's good to know. Well, here's the here's the the point I'm trying to make. You look at the stats from last season, over 500 mm-hmm. performances at one, two, and three, and you bring all three of them back. It's a pretty yes. good foundation to build upon, right? And I'm curious, to have that that's, sort of continuity, what does that do for the rest of the team this fall? Like, that's why I say, like, yeah. this is the difference between here and, and UCF at the beginning. Now we already have a really good foundation. Now the, the, the challenge is how to keep being competitive playing for me or, like, banking understands my uh, my practice style and my, my playing style. Um, but... I mean, the Reds, everyone is super excited for, for the beginning of this of this season and bringing one more player in the spring right now. Um, and they know. And I told them every day, no one has a short spot in this team. Like, if you want to play, you're going to fight for it. I don't care if your name is Indy, Tate, Kelly, or or Press. That is one of my weapons. I don't care. Mm-hmm. If, they don't, if they don't fight and they don't practice how they're supposed to practice, there is no way. I am gonna. This is my philosophy. You gotta work to earn it. It's not about your name or how you play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, indie SEC freshman of the year last year, and and I don't, I don't know where she's gonna play. <laughs> I don't know where she's gonna play right now. So, 
And um, I talk to them. This is not like something I'm talking about yeah, to sure. you, but I talk to them about it. Like it's no one has a for sure spot. So if if you wanna if you wanna be part of this team and and, and be good, you you guys have to fight for every ball in practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's why I don't. When we talk about lineup, yes, I mean I I can I go to the mock duels and I put my lineup, but I put I don't know where I'm gonna put like Tate one, Indy two, Kelly three. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what, what is going to be the order because, to be honest, I'm still figuring that out. Yeah. No. Again, beats the alternative. Uh, like it's certainly a good thing when things are that competitive in practice. And you know, again, I I am curious because you you guys had a team last year at UCF that made the round of 16, and obviously mm-hmm. were super super impressive. And you've been on a team that made the NCAA final. You know how important depth is in a lineup. Yes. What do yes. you do to, because we know what the top three is capable of. What does it look like in practice? You talk about the work ethic to get everyone at that level. <laughs> I mean, I put them. I don't treat them different. Yeah, okay. I don't treat them different. Like when I have to put sets, I I put like. I mean, we are talking about top three, but I mean, I have Link, I have Morgan, I have done like an incredible fall. Link is competing really good. The transfer from Oklahoma State. Uh, I have Laura that is it's the most like hard worker girl like I ever saw, <laughs> and and a freshman that she's still learning, but her potential is is immense. <laughs> so um, I just don't like what i tell them like when we are on core like i'm the same with all of you we are off the court is come to me i help you with anything but on the court i'm gonna be i'm gonna be hard on them <laughs> I, I i don't care if you like of course i care if you're having a bad day but not because you're having a bad day like i'm not gonna coach you the way <laughs> i should coach you and and them understanding this is is the most important part about about it and um yeah i think the thing I, I don't treat them different. Like it's, mm-hmm. I ask them, who you want to play today? Who you want to play today? And they mm-hmm. just pick. What I still need to is like get them a little bit more fire with that <laughs> because they're like, oh, I don't want to cheer on myself because then she's gonna get mad. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, come on, you gotta fight, you gotta, you gotta cheer. I mean, I say vamos every other point when I play against my teammates, and that's why I was. Decent, I guess, of playing tennis because I I had that competitiveness, and, that, and I think that's the the hardest part I'm, I'm working on because they are still shy to like <laughs> the other one off, and and then I just see the guys here screaming at each other. And I'm like, guys, why we are not like that? Like, oh, <laughs> they are more loud. It's like, no, definitely they are more louder. No, it's it's good. Again, it, that's the buy-in that it takes certainly throughout. And, you know, again, last, I suppose, super roster-centric question looking through last year's results. I think they played 10 different doubles teams, which as I've gone through all the rosters, that's actually not that many. Like yeah. when you get into the 12, 13, 14 range, that's when we're talking. But I'm curious for you again. It, it, putting in your double system because I'm sure you've got a system you, and you know some principles you hold uh, mm-hmm. above all else but uh, versus you know putting in that system with each player and getting them comfortable versus finding doubles pairings that gel well together how have you balanced those two things is it more looking for teams or just getting everyone on the right track well we have a, I have a base like I have a style of playing doubles and my goal, and this is something that I actually learned a lot from um, from BK, from Brian, is like you have to um, to try to make everyone. Obviously, every player is different, and in singles, um, you're gonna adapt more to them their game style. But in doubles, 
when when you are competing and you have seven eight players and you have to mix them up sometimes because of injuries because of um whatever whatever happened to them and you have to 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 mix them around i mean this the safest or the best way to do is like you you teach the same principles to all of them so when they have to play with a different partner they are not that off you know and and this is the, the hard part to make them uh understand the, the the concepts i mean but it's like four or five concepts that they are like how they are and if you learn this then you can play with anyone on your team obviously some people work better with others because of the the, the feeling the like how how they, they are friends they don't get along i mean this is a little bit tricky too but um uh, for me is that i doubles is four or five principles you learn to do this you work on this so whenever i have to put tate and morgan together or in this tournament that morgan is not gonna play i'm gonna put tate and grace together and, and they have to hopefully they can they can at least combine uh, a good doubles there Mm-hmm. No, and again, that's part of the fun of the fall in the early parts of the dual match season, right? Figuring out mm-hmm. what works, what doesn't, who works yeah. with who, and who doesn't work particularly well. But you know, with all that said, I, I just first time coach. I'm curious because I know you guys are Charlottesville for the ITA kickoff weekend. But yeah. was it fun or not fun putting together the first uh, schedule for you guys? And I'm curious, you know, where what are you in terms of the early season matchups? What sort of looks are you trying to get for your team? <laughs> well. Luckily, in the in the SEC, like the schedule is half on, you know, and you have to focus a little bit more on off um, what is not the the conference season um, mm-hmm. to to get a balance for these matches. We have this year and a schedule that eighty percent it wasn't put. It, it, it wasn't myself. It was uh, Courtney before and, and and Ruth working on it. And it's pretty strong. It's pretty strong. So the matches that I had left, I was I had to be a little bit more careful because I mean, yeah, we have chance to be ranked, we have chance to 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 be good, but there is a lot of chances that 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 we lose a lot of matches in this conference. Um, and I cannot tell. I go through the schedule. I'm like, yeah, we can win against this one, but oh, we can lose too. So it's not a for sure. It's not a for sure when when you have this this conference as a strong. So it's, it's, it gets a little bit tricky, but I'm not going to complain because I know how tricky it gets at, <laughs> when you don't have to play conference and when you play in a different conference. And mm-hmm. um, so it's, it's all good with the scheduling is, to be honest, compared for where we, like, we had to do a little bit more at, at, in, my, in my other school at UCF that you have to, like, it's a, really a puzzle yeah. here. I'm glad that it's not such a puzzle. Will um will hard, UCF but... I was gonna say will UCF be on the on the schedule soon? Will we should I expect an Arkansas? I hope, Knights I battle? hope. Uh, <laughs> obviously not this year. I mean obviously yeah. this this conversation with VK and, and but I'd rather play them when my girls are not there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> fair. Because yeah. it's yeah. just hard for me. It's hard for me and like um I, I mean obviously I, I follow them all the time and it's it could be really strange for me to play them after like because with some of them it's been f- four years uh-huh. with them so they're they're my girls still and uh-huh. i could hate to be <laughs> to have to coach against them so 
obviously not this year uh maybe next year if if we can make it happen yeah I'll, I'll pencil it in 2024 like 2024 ish that feels like the perfect first year a little home yeah and home it's pr- probably when when everyone like this is gets yeah addition and you see if moved to the big 12 and yeah that's probably yeah. what's gonna happen you're right yeah and it's all organized i am curious because for this team they go 11 and 11 last season and last year the 500 rule was waived and so you know for anyone you could get into uh the nta tournament regardless would you yeah. like to see the 500 rules stay waived just not bring that back moving forward or are you in favor of it good question good question there i mean <laughs> For my, for me right now, <laughs> yeah. is this waiver because yeah. it's, it's really tough. I mean, the it's the, the thing. It's the confidence is so tough that, that uh, you you don't know. That's why I have to scale some matches that I know like like 80 percent I'm gonna win. And um, but if that if the rule is there, it's for a reason, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think it should stay because it's there is other schools that they don't have the chance to play that many ranked teams um and they like they they need that role mm-hmm. for to to take care of a little bit more of of these smaller schools and uh, i mean you know i'm coming from yeah. so I'm, I'm really thoughtful about that so i mean for my position right now i mean like that rule can go away but <laughs> i think it's necessary to like make uh, everything a little bit more even Mm-hmm. And I am curious, and I, again, I'm, I want to get to your playing career. I, we are going to do at least 10 minutes on it, I promise. Okay. Uh, yeah, we have to. That's what we do on this show. Uh, uh, but while I've got some rules you know, in the ethos, I'm curious about recruiting because you know, yes. you have been recruited, and I'm curious right now as you look because, you know, again, you come into a new roster, and as a coach, maybe you see some things, maybe you don't. Maybe you say, oh, I want to go get – I remember competing against this player, and she's on the transfer portal right now so might as well go get her because i want to be comfortable versus you know building for the future and going uh, you know getting to actually do recruiting in person again it's very early i know but how are you balancing those two things early on filling the immediate gaps versus you know not giving that away for the future well i'm, I'm combining both i'm not yeah. giving anything away and i'm recruiting my players i'm not to be honest um I look at the portal, but my my main thing is um, starting to bring my my program, my culture with mm-hmm. players that are fresh right to it, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm getting a freshman for spring, a freshman for for the fall because I I want people who come right away to work in the way I want to work. And um, and I think that when you you get a transfer, like it can be really good, but they are already coming from another ways and other experiences. And it's I mean I have Lenky, Lenky says transfer for OSU, and uh, and I mean I respect the, <laughs> the coaches there. Like I, Jaime is a really good friend of mine too, and uh, Chris is incredible. So like, but she's coming from another different way of practice, you know, culture, like no, no better, no worse, but it's just different. So mm-hmm. her adaptation is a little bit like, um, for her to adapt. I, I understand that it's tricky. It's tricky. And the same with the freshman, but the freshman is just, you just come fresh to, to learn, to, to listen. So it's, it's easier. And, and if I've been more years in the program, yes, I will be looking more those kind of players of transfer, but I'm trying to, to create my, my culture here. And, um, for that, in my opinion, I have to go for, for players that are like coming right new. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as someone who, and it was different circumstances, but went from Maryland to Texas A&M during your playing career, <laughs> you know, again, different circumstances. Um, but it does feel like over the past few seasons, there used to be a stigma attached to transferring. Like if you do it, you think lesser, like, oh, something didn't work there and there's a negative, you know, it's just a oh, negative that's process. Oh, no, no, lastly, that's been always happening. Yeah. Like, and, is like, and, well, and something wrong with the players, something wrong with the coaches. It's yeah. always, it's always someone to blame. It's yeah, always but, to blame. but I feel like, that's no longer the case. Like, I do feel like people now transferring, it's just like, okay, it didn't work there. They want to go try something else. Like, I feel like it's less, I, I, maybe this is just me being optimistic here. That's what I do, you, you know, again. <laughs> you're, being, but, you're being optimistic, okay. I think. So I'm wrong? No, no, but like, I, you're right. This is, I think in general, doing a general statement here is, is, is wrong because there's mm-hmm. so many players that um, I, I, I had like great players at UCF, great kids. But they weren't gonna play in the lineup, mm-hmm. and and why like you you wanna help the kid and like keep them there just grinding and grinding and wanna play in the lineup? Or you're gonna help them to to do to to find a place where they they can fit. Um and and this is, but then you're gonna have other players that are trouble, and then it's like hey you gotta go. Or some other players that they don't like the coaches. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of places that happen, and um and and that's it. I don't think it's one thing or the other. I think this is always going on since I was a player and uh, and um, I mean obviously my circumstances were different I transferred because I went with my coach so yeah. um, it's completely different I don't want to understand but I don't I don't think it's one thing or the other it's, mm-hmm. it's depending on the situation mm-hmm. no I, I that's that's why I wanted to ask because obviously you've seen it now from each angle and mm-hmm. you know again for you uh, and this is something we're doing and I don't know if your SID told you but we're trying to interview all of the Power <laughs> 5 coaches men's and women's and so there's okay. some questions I'm asking all of them one of them being give me the recruiting pitch I want to hear it why should I come down to Arkansas why should I buy into the culture you guys are building down there uh, <laughs> good one good one I mean First of all, it's an incredible place. Uh, the, the, the facilities, the support from the from the AD, the program, like the, all the sports. I mean, it's remind me a lot to when I was in Texas A&M. You know, it's not a big city, it's not, but the support from the fans and the people is is incredible, and that's what I like it. Uh, I like it that a lot. That's something that, for example, I was missing in Orlando, such a big city, and yes, the, but it's not the only team in the city. Uh, you have professional teams. So here, for good or for bad, you don't have professional teams in like two, 200 miles around. Yeah. So the sports here are the, the thing for the for the, for the the people who live here. So I really, really love that support. Uh, also, I mean, we are in the best conference in, in, the, in tennis. So, I mean, who, if you want good competition, if you, not, not saying that you're not going to get it going somewhere else, but I, here is a for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. you you play anywhere in the lineup, no match that you play is gonna be here. You got it. You're gonna have to fight for it, and and this is for good or for bad because there's some players that they don't want to put that effort, and and it's difficult to find players that want to put all that effort. Mm-hmm. Um, and more now that we have a different generation, and and to get that from the kids is a little bit harder than than before. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, like. Uh, I think I proved myself where I've been during my whole career to to belong to programs that I've been doing good. Um, I'm not saying it's because I was there, but <laughs> I know 
what it has to be done to make a dish successful since i mean i i played you know like the, the three sports i mean i wasn't that important when i played soccer or basketball but eventually my teams did great mm-hmm. not because of me but i saw <laughs> yeah. the process i saw the culture that it needs to to be in there and i saw how the coaches work i mean i learned a lot that's why I say I'm really thankful for all the experiences because I didn't have one coach in college. I have five coaches in college, mm-hmm. different sports, different. So I got to see uh, a lot of different points and a lot of different ways to to coach, a lot of different ways to talk with the players. Mm-hmm. And um, I think because of that, I mean, I I can help my players a lot too. Mm-hmm. And this, if, if I can say like one of the reasons um, to come to Arkansas is because uh, I'm here and I'm going to try to make the best out of it. No, I love it. And I feel like to those who don't know, and I'm a very big, obviously we're nerding out here. Do you get to go run in the track and field building? Like, do you get access to where it's like, I'm going to go work on my sprints real quick. I'm going to go run a couple 400s because that building is just gorgeous. It's just, it's something <laughs> yeah, else. No, no, I mean, they, they just rebuild it. It's insane. It's just, yeah. I took my friends, they come here for a, mo- a month ago and I took them on a tour. I mean, they were like, yes, it's, it's insane. No, I, I don't go there to work out because... I don't have time to work on it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just, just figured, play. you know, they might be like, oh, yeah, she runs here. She does the 400s. You guys don't know? <laughs> <laughs> I used to do that a lot. Uh, now in my free time, I like to run outside, not in the track. It's... I'm a fan of the track or, or the gym besides what everyone thinks. Because yeah. I'm an athlete, but um, I like to, I, I'm going to stay more in the soccer field and, and uh, sure. running outside. But yeah, I mean, the the facility is insane and they just build the baseball facility. I mean, I don't even know, never been in a, in a professional baseball stadium, but I don't think it can get much better than, than that. It's, it's insane. It's insane yeah. what these people is doing here. Mm-hmm. No, it's gorgeous. And, you know, again, with all that said, and you've alluded to, but I feel like every interview you do, they must ask the question, so what's it like to be a three-sport athlete? So I'm not going <laughs> to ask it like that. Here's how I'm going to ask. I once played, I, I mean, I once played, I was in college and, you know, I played I am soccer and I can't, like, I did not grow up playing soccer. That said, it was delightful to play I am and I scored a goal and I can't emphasize enough. And obviously I went to the FIFA flop because I just had to do it because it was like, I'm never going to score again. The thrill of that. Yeah. You scored in a varsity game. Like, again, you've hit plenty yeah. of bases. You've, we'll get to the basketball momentarily, uh-huh. but the thrill of scoring that goal. I got to imagine I, that's I, a top five. I, I actually have the video because my, my coach <laughs> sent it to me. I mean, I love my coaches. I'm actually, hopefully, I'm going to see them in three days after a few years. But um, I have, if I look through my email, I have the, the email say, go. So <laughs> go because that's what my coach uh, called me. And I remember it was, it was a pretty, we won like by a lot in that yeah. game. And so Mississippi State, I think we played at home and, and I scored. I mean, I was grinding. I mean, I was the walk on the team. I grind my ass, <laughs> like to just get at their level, fitness wise. I remember I grind a lot, but just because I love it, I love the sport and I want to be there and I make an impact. And it was important for me. So the moment I scored a goal, I I remember I was I'm righty and I actually scored with my left foot. I was I I really liked it and um I just didn't see anything else, but I ran towards uh they had two assistant coaches in AM and that they're still there uh Laurie and Phil and and Laurie was the one who who found me like who who make that happen 
you know, like she's like, I want her on the soccer team, blah, blah. And I remember just running to her, yeah. just running to her and give her the biggest hug and say, thank <laughs> you so much. Thank you so much. You have no idea. And then I just run off and I don't try to play again. But I, all my teammates were trying to catch me. I'm like, no, 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 no. Now I remember I'm like, dude, I was an idiot. <laughs> but it was what I felt at that moment. And it was it was great. I mean, for me to, to score, because I play in Maryland as well on my freshman year. Mm -hmm. um for for brian penske that now he's in at tennessee he actually just won the sec um and i never i had a couple of chances but i never scored you know mm -hmm. and i got that and then i had to stop playing soccer focus on tennis and then they give me another chance and it, it was unreal like that feeling like even i mean it wasn't even an important an important uh goal but for me it meant the world because i worked so hard that that semester to to be able to to play for that team i was i mean i wasn't gonna do it i mean when i the story is it's a long story but um when basketball got in the mix i'm mm -hmm. like Oof, it's gonna be a lot i mean i just I'm, dra I'm drained after the NCAAs. We lost in the final. It was a really, really long season. But my love for soccer at that moment, I'm like, I have to do it. I can. I <laughs> no, cannot do it. I cannot take this one more opportunity to like practice on the field with the girls and, and compete. Even it was a new team, and I was a senior being a freshie, mm -hmm. and it wasn't easy. But it was it was a really good feeling. But it was not only the goal. It was just being there again. My first match I, like I, I played like 35 minutes I remember against Duke and the people in the stands were like singing in Spanish I'm like <laughs> I'm in Texas in College Station and people are singing because they knew me yeah. and and that was I never gonna forget those those moments it's not only the goal the fact of like the warm-ups like I enjoy every second of like being in the in the grass mm -hmm. that said match point against Robin Anderson or the lead up and following through on that goal what do you replay? You get to replay one of them. The time machine is available to you. Which Dude, the you match point was scary because I remember it was an overhead. Yeah. And I hit it to the line and she called it out. And I'm like, yeah, I was so tired doing that overhead. And they were like, uh, she called it out and uh, she got overruled. But I mean, obviously, like I had, I mean, good friends with Robin. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, I'm going to tell, I don't want to go with that point. I'm going to go with the point that it wasn't my point. It was okay. my fresh sheet clinching that match against UCLA to make the finals. Mm -hmm. That point is the one that I changed for. I don't change for anything. That mm -hmm. feeling, because I was crying. I was on the side, like cheering for her. She was cramping. She was about to, to not fight for that match. And I just mm -hmm. ah, talking in Spanish to her. And uh, I remember being like super, super tense. And so I would compare that goal or a point that it wasn't even me making that point. <laughs> no, I take it. What about, and I say this lovingly, I'm, I was looking through the highlights, obviously doing my research for this podcast and looking through the basketball career. It says the okay. highlight, attempted a three-pointer against Nichols on December 9th. Now that's like one of the Oh, they, they put that? I remember the shot too. So tell me about that because uh, attempting a three-pointer 
on my own doesn't go well. In I guess I'm, I'm actually good at three pointers. Awesome. Yeah, I'm actually good at three pointers. So, uh, that was my thing. That was my position. So like uh, all I do when I practice on my own was like three pointers or three yeah. throws or like long. I never go under the basket that that often. So yeah, okay. So I I, I attempted. I, I missed it. But um, I, I remember another opportunity with we defend and we have a two versus one and yeah. my teammate didn't want to pass me the ball <laughs> and everyone was so pissed at her because it's like pass it to Christina. Pass it to Christina. <laughs> And uh, she didn't want to pass me. That was my chance to score, uh, uh, to do a basket uh, there. But yeah, I remember. I mean, but to be honest, like I've never been more scared in my life yeah. than the first time Coach Blair put me in the pitch. To play I feel like that, that's got to be of the three, because the you grew up playing soccer. You grew up playing tennis. Yeah. I know you grew up playing basketball as well, but not to that extent. Not, um, not that much, not that many yeah. as as uh, soccer and tennis. So um, I remember that we were playing. <laughs> I, got, I got to cry and say Mississippi State too, because I think <laughs> we actually play them too. And um, and the moment, like, it's like two, three minutes later, we are winning by 20, 25, whatever. It's like, okay. I, go, I was seeing, I, and like, it's coming, it's coming. And I didn't even want to wanna look to my coach <laughs> because I knew. And he's like, <laughs> So... At that moment, my heart dropped it, like dropped it completely. I was so scared, so scared. I never been so scared. I've played a lot of finals and see the finals, like, but I never felt so paralyzed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, okay. And the moment I, I unzipped my my thing, like everyone was in that stadium too. I was the new one. I was the one who played tennis, like a lot of attention. So everyone started screaming. Like the moment I, I started unzipping my 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 jacket. And I'm like, oh my god! Like, I I don't ha- I cannot screw up this. I cannot screw up this. So he pulled me like, hey, we have to do this in the board. Like, this is the play. Blah blah. You pass it to Kristen. Like whatever. And I'm like, okay, okay. So I sit down to to wait for my for the my uh, my teammate to come out, and then the horns like, and then I go in, and I'm just. I remember like my heart it wasn't beating. I don't think my heart was beating. They passed me the ball. I'm start like remembering my head the play that I have to do. And I was like, just do the play. Just do the play. <laughs> so then my teammates start moving around and I got figured out the play is like here. Then I moved to the side and I don't remember more. <laughs> I don't remember more of that because but I can tell you right now that I never been so nervous. I never had so much adrenaline in my body than the moment I played my first two minutes in that full of people basketball stadium. Do you, do you have the video of that as well in the email? Uh, no. Oh, no. all right. I never that... asked for it. I mean, no, I don't. I actually don't. But it's okay. That... I have it here. Yeah, okay. That is my <laughs> promise to you. I'll find the clip. I can assure I'll you. Find I will it. find they it. They should have it. They should have it. I never asked, but like, they that's, should have it at uh, in police station. That's what I do. That's This is where I'll get the research team on it, stat. <laughs> uh, but, no, that's, that's awesome. And, you know, again – those two things, and in particular, that comes off of the 2013, where you guys make the NCAA final, and obviously, I, you know, you come over with Coach Joffe, and I want to do. The problem is, I just don't do it because I think he's Australian or whatever it may be. I tried to do my Joffe. I have like the vernacular down. And he's like, well, to get to the premise of your question, but it just gets British, okay. and it's like that's not what he sounds like. And well, so, he's a, he's a, from South Africa, so yeah, right. It's it's the in between, and so I, I'm working yes. on my South African accent, um, but I I know 
how he sounds. I know how he thinks. I love Coach Shafi. He's just, a, you know, again, I, I can hear it because he's I know how like, he but, sounds, though. Yeah, because, you know, well, that's a very good question. To get to what you're really asking, and it's like, okay, good, so we can just get there. Um, but all that said, you follow him to A&M, and, yeah. you know, for him, you got, you know, I think it's what twenty five, twenty six, and four that freshman or that first year, and you guys make yeah. the NTA final. Walking onto campus, did you know you guys had something special right away? No, <laughs> <laughs> not at all. We know we were not waiting expecting that. Obviously, I mean, I, I transferred there. I have no clue about like I played NCAA's. I played the year before. I played first round against one of my teammates and Nathalie uh, Urbina and Texas A&M and I didn't even know what Texas A&M was I, I, I was clueless about college I just came here and um, I'm definitely not expecting the results that we did I mean we were really hard but we had a, a team full was like three freshmen um, it was me and Nas that were like uh, seniors and we had another transfer that last year from Maryland that it was a former of my teammates to um, but definitely not thinking that we could do what we did. I mean, it was, I guess Howard was seeing that and Mark, but not different. And I, I'm glad that we didn't feel that because we didn't have any pressure, you know, like it's no pressure. We came, when I came there, we were like telling the country. Then the first year we finished like top 20, but definitely you're not thinking that from top 20, you're going to go to make the final sense against all these schools and it was the year that Texas A&M was transferred to the SEC you know mm-hmm. it was like the first year in the SEC so definitely not expecting that we started once we played in Georgia and Florida and we at that moment we thought we were close we started realizing mm-hmm. but the fact that we were going to make the finals on NCAAs <sighs> I mean, not even, I mean, at least for me, and I was playing one for that team, at least for me, it was not a, I don't know. I don't know. But I I never think like that. I never think like, oh, we have, we're going to win this. We're going to like, we have chances. Like for me, it's more like a every day, every day working. Um, and it was like that as a, as a player. And then now I, I see it uh, as a coach, but never, like I'm telling you, I don't think no one on that team thought we will have done that. Mm-hmm. And I, you look at that season, I think you guys lost to Carolina and won two matches at the indoors. You beat Michigan 4-2. I was at that match, just yeah. fun fact. You were. Uh, that's, from, that's where I grew up in. So yeah, I play and in Michigan. I play yeah. in practice, I remember. That's straight sad victory for you. Well done. Wow, um, yeah. Yeah. One break, one break <laughs> every set. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and for you, you know, early that season, 4-3 at Michigan, win. Five, uh, four three versus Florida at home. You guys win that match. Four three at Vanderbilt. Yeah, you win those yeah. matches. Is that when the belief comes then? Because that's just, I look at this run here at the start, and it's just like okay. At a certain point, you have to realize, yeah, we're pretty good. That's the thing. I was clueless. I was clueless <laughs> about which team were good, which team were not good. I mean, mm-hmm. um, um, that's why, like, the difference now, like, I, I know we beat Michigan and that, but we never we never felt better and we never felt worse. It was like, oh, we're going to compete against this team. And, and and the speech from Howard was always the same. No, we have to win this team or we are not going to lose with this team. It was always like that. I mean, if you, you get to know him, you, you understand. But um, I, to be honest, like, I don't think until we made it to, like, Illinois, 
to 16, but then we have we have to play Miami and then we have to play Virginia and then we have to play UCLA, like all these teams that now I look back and for me, we're like, oh my God, Miami, oh my God, Virginia and UCLA. We were always the underdog. Like in our minds, we were always the underdog. And that's why I think we all like fight a lot. Like my whole team fight, it wasn't one. Um, I mean, it was my doubles partner. She was the one I leave it like, off in that tournament because she had a lot on her plate as well but the rest of us were just like going to our matches like just focusing your match and don't care what the other does next to you and that was our mentality that mm-hmm. moment mm-hmm. no and again i not to harp on the match but four three semifinals. I and I think you found this now in your coaching career, so this is why I asked the question. How could you go from the stresses of watching that match and you just you know clinches six four in the third and enjoy that experience enough to go into coaching? Because I find it so much harder to watch these matches when there's something on the line than there is when you're playing. And like that's what you do for a living now. It's brutal. Yeah, it's just, it's hard. It's just it's hard, but I love it. I love the competition, and it's hard not being able to to be like hitting the ball there. Mm-hmm. But but I but this is I like about myself in that aspect. I because I was there in those situations. Now is when I understand what I have to tell my girls if they are in those situations. Mm-hmm. Don't do what I did. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do what I did. I like it. Well, I, I warned you by the way. With that in mind, don't do what you did, and don't swear at me, please. Six, a love six, six two, six love. Nicole Gibbs. Oh, no, what? don't do that to me. Man. Don't do what that happens? To me. Like it still hurts to the next. <laughs> I bet wow. that's a nice person. Never, a bagel, though. Gonna, nice little a morning you know bagel. When, you know when you don't get over a breakup? This is my biggest breakup <laughs> ever. Like, I'm never gonna get over that much. And I mean, credit to 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 Nicole. I mean, I was playing. I think she was really nervous at the beginning, and I was just like playing good but you know I was playing and I had that feeling it was 6-0-2-0 but I remember not being 6-0-2-0 it was a lot of uh, vintage it wasn't a a, a real like I'm killing you and I knew that at the point that she would come back with one game or two games and things get tighter she was way more experienced than I was Mm -hmm. she was way more experienced in those matches than I was and I play a lot of matches but Nicole was coming to play in the circuit. She was 200 in the world at that moment. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, it's not that I screwed it up. And this is something that I could tell myself maybe to make me feel better. But <laughs> she came back with a really good level. I know what she had to do. And I couldn't. I just couldn't. Uh, I couldn't keep it up in that moment. I, I remember losing the second set. I'm like, Mark, I don't know. Like, I don't have more of me. Mm-hmm. It was more mental because I think it was... I tell you, it was a really hard season, and and I don't want to say for me or for all of my teammates because, like, we weren't expecting to be there, and mm-hmm. and I mean I, and this is like a conversation I always had with with Howard. I obviously hate that match that we lost it the way we lost it, and and me being up and and that clearly, but I can't even lose one match in the whole when every match in the three sets to get to the final. Mm-hmm. And one reason that we were in the finals is because I was able to knock down those matches quick and, mm-hmm. and give the lead in my team. And and that is where I, I need to stay with. I mean, I obviously, that that match, I mean, every time I think about it, it breaks my heart. 
I know for sure his videos don't get that video for me. I don't want it. <laughs> I don't know much. I just have it clear in my mind. I don't want okay. it. Because I actually watched it. They were replaying ESPN later on, in like mm-hmm. ESPN uh, college. And yeah. I'm like, no, I don't want to watch this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it hurts. It's, until today, it hurts. But, you know, like I'll, I I take the, the whole experience and how, like, how I was able to help my team during the whole season to get there. Mm-hmm. Because no. now I'm expecting us to be there. Mm-hmm. No, it, it's awesome. And I guess we'll end on a positive <laughs> note on that run. Because the UCLA men obviously made the final uh, of that event that year in Illinois. So to win that semifinal in front of the men, I know those crowds. I've heard the stories. It was it was rowdy. It wasn't easy. And and I'm, let me tell you, UCLA lost that final. Yeah. And we were, and and this is uh, I guess it's not, but like I feel like they lost the final and they lost it in a way that they could have won it. The net touch for those who don't know. The Adrian net Puget, touch, yeah, whatever. Foot so hits the net. those kids were like on a rage. Those yeah. kids, a couple of them were on a rage and they were, we were playing freaking Stanford in the final and I had three <laughs> of these kids sitting next to me when I was, we were, we were three, three and my Stan Kuma, number two, our number two was in the third set with Christian. Um, and those kids were like going on and on and on yeah. on my teammate. I'm like, what do you have up against her? <laughs> no, like, like, and I told him, I was like, you guys, I mean, not because you guys lost, you have to like pay with us. Yeah. And so I don't know what happened there, but, um, but yeah, I remember those, those kids. I remember those kids more like cheering against us when we play the final that, than me when I'm playing, like, I don't, Mm-hmm. To be honest, I, I didn't, I focus on what I focus. I mean, I focus more on the people who is cheering, not the ones who are like, I don't know, like always still like that. It doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. I'll use the word so you don't have to. You're not focused on the. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I, yeah, <laughs> I get it. I totally. No, it makes sense. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know Clay Thompson a little was, bit. Great. It was intense. That <laughs> week was really intense in every sense. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I know some of those guys a little bit and they speak of it fondly. They're, uh. They're very, very funny whenever they talk about those times. But, all right, uh, with that said, uh, just some fun ones for you here down the home stretch. And I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. But, you know, we talk about the fans and getting interacting and, you know, having those moments. And when a locked-in college tennis crowd is locked in, I argue it's as fun in sports as anything else because it feels like they can actually make a difference. It's not 100,000 people in a college football stadium. Yeah. It's actually just – 30 targeted people uh, making that difference. All of that said, I think uh, just some rule changes, some things to throw by you, some of them valid, some of them less so. I think the coin toss is overrated. I just think it's a missed opportunity. So in lieu of the coin toss, what we do at the start of the match, head coaches drop and hit one point, winner decides the serving configurations. Are you in on that? No. No. <laughs> Even now, I feel like you could dust. Like if it's you versus BK, you're telling me you're not dusting him in one point. No, no, BK <laughs> will kill me. BK, BK will, will grind his forehand against my back and all day, and then switch to their side. I will be done. <laughs> <laughs> we play a lot. We play a lot of the baseline games. But no, you get one yeah. point versus Howard. Like winner take all. You're just drop shot lob. Come on. <laughs> you didn't see that man competing. You didn't yeah. see him. The real, yeah. Like I play a lot against him in, in the individuals. I have a blast with him. I always wanted to practice with him. 
I mean, he that guy can play. That guy can play. He can serve. He has a nasty forehand. The backhand's a bit weird, but nasty forehand. Uh, but no, I wouldn't change that. I mean, I think so, I I think there is things in tennis you you should never touch. Yeah. What if instead rock paper scissors? So it's just like, hey, let's get some competition going here, and it's just like rock paper scissors. It, it should be always the top of the racket. Yeah. Up or down. I just want to be in the coaching meeting if they change the rule. It's like, look, guys, the math says scissors wins. Just throw scissors. <laughs> Trust me. It's the 42% play. Like, we have to do it. Uh, and so that's what I'm thinking here. But I get it. Uh, another one. I finally had a yes from a coach on this topic. So it okay. makes it worth throwing. Lawless lineups. So obviously parity, no ad scoring. It's the name of the game in college tennis. And yeah. you know you have a locked-in home crowd that's as fun as it gets to in, you know, further increase parity within teams, within conferences, etc. Lawless lineups. So the way team submits their lineup in advance, home mm-hmm. team gets to match up however they want. And it's just from there. That's the home court advantage for every school. You rock and roll. No. <laughs> no. No, because, I, I mean, no. Nah, no, nah, you already have an advantage playing at home. I mean, it would be like, ah, so difficult. And one of the parts I really love about about um, college tennis is that game, the lineup game. Like, how mm-hmm. you think the matchup is, is going to help. Can I move this girl one, one spot or, or two? But that's part of, like, the success too of, mm-hmm. of a team is not only the players it's how you manage to put the players in certain matches mm-hmm. and i remember with, with brian we spent like he would used to get he gets pretty tired but like we spent like two hours before always talking about this possibility this possibility what if the other coaches this to this all, mm-hmm. always within the, the parameters of the rules but mm-hmm. it's it's fun it's fun and it's like it's exciting and and matches can change results because of that so yeah. I won't I wouldn't change that because I think that is like one of the most important parts in a dual mm-hmm. match no it's fair and, and you don't want to be beaten up on number six singles players all year long that doesn't help for your development either so I get it I just you know again I like the creativity also what that tells me is that the Ty Tucker is strong in coach Kenyako if he's oh yeah that I mean you have no idea <laughs> I don't know I don't know Ty Tucker that well but I feel I know him. Yeah. I love no, it. I like it. That's good. Um, all right. Just, again, some more ones here as we go through. I know back, you know, they, they've taken the warm-ups out of singles and doubles. I've had some coaches express they would like a warm-up back at the start of doubles, even if it's just serves and returns, just to get yeah. loose and get everyone warm. You're in favor of that? Yeah, I think, I think warm-ups are at least for five minutes just mm-hmm. to – I mean, as a player, I had the warm-ups. Yeah. And I, and it was something that it made me like more calm and, and just to feel the ball against the other player, even if it's, it wasn't long. But I really like it, that, and I think that's something that I wish we had back. Mm-hmm. And you know what you could do because I know it's about the fans. You have the coaches play a point in those first five minutes while the players warm up, and then everyone goes. It's just it's full circle here. We're working. Yeah, I have a feeling you're pushing for that a lot. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> I've asked Tim Russell, and he said no. Um, so that's where we know that's where that rule change is going. Uh, so that's fair. A more serious one, I suppose. Individuals, spring and fall. You played, you know, quarterfinalists at the individuals after an NCAA run. You know just how drained 
friends you are that yes. week. Would you separate them or do you keep them together? Nah, nah, I, I'll keep it together. I mean, okay. I mean, it's, it's rough, but it's not something that your body cannot handle. I mean, right now it's like, oh, too many matches. I mean, when you play in the circuit, you play one match every day of the week. <laughs> and now it looks like we play two matches in, in Friday and, and Sunday and, and people is like, oh my God, so much tennis. Like, oh no. Like there's so many people, players that come like, oh, I want to go pro, but I'm complaining mm-hmm. about playing too much. So I'm like, no. So if you cannot handle a, a season, like a college season from January to May, playing two matches a week and then at NCAAs, then you just go and, and sit in an office and do something else. But no, it should. I think it should be like that. Like mm-hmm. it is, you are already on the side, uh, you know, you're familiar with the courts. I mean, I, I don't think it should change at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Then I guess last, well, last two for you here, NIL, mm-hmm. because obviously, I mean, international rules, I know yeah, that they're not the same right now, and so it's tricky, but that said, I one of my theories regarding NIL is that it's schools like Arkansas, where you're in a town like Fayetteville, Arkansas is, you know, again, the sports, the community, the buy-in, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You just, I feel like college towns are particularly well-suited for this. Yeah. How much are you thinking about NIL? And, you know, again, how do you think that impacts recruiting and college tennis moving forward? In college tennis, I don't think it impacts that much. Mm-hmm. First, because we have a lot of internationals. Yeah. And second, because college tennis is not that much out there like basketball. I mean, we have a lot of kids here in basketball and football who already have, like, great deals but i mean to be honest right now for what things are like i don't think in tennis is gonna have that much of impact Mm -hmm. interesting at least at least for 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 me like i'm like inside recruit americans but a lot of internationals and Mm -hmm. in tennis i mean obviously in tennis as you can see around it is a lot of internationals so Mm -hmm. uh i don't know i don't think in my from my point Mm -hmm. uh my perspective gonna change that much that said, can you imagine, uh, assuming the rules get normal, international players can benefit, how much you would have made as a scene? Like, three-sport athlete, American. Yeah, I would. I feel like I could have inked you a $1 million deal. I feel like you could have, again, <laughs> we're, we're yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't even get a sponsor to help me to play tennis. <laughs> just put out there. I imagine. Like, I, had to play. I, work, I work at summer camp for four years to be able to play a year of tennis after college. So yeah, no, I could be so nice. It would have been nice. Yeah. All right. Well, again, it's another thing. I'm finding the basketball clip, finding you a million dollar deal and all these different things. I'll put it on the queue. Uh, no, last question for you. And uh, again, for your team, and it's one I'm asking everyone, what do you want fans to be the takeaway when they watch Arkansas compete this season? Oh, I, I want them to, to just like have, like, I want them to be able to like be there and feel like they they can scream and they can clap and they, but obviously that has has to come also from the players mm-hmm. and uh and i remember that i i like that because i was the the typical vamos let's go like all the time screaming and running and and the crowd was always on my court and i know it was on my court because they were enjoying not the tennis i mean more like the the energy and and that's something that i want to put in my in my girls and because once the fans are here you can use them if you are engaged if you engage them if not they can be sitting there and just like be a spectators, but that's yeah. the fun in college tennis. You need them to be involved, and in order to them, for them to be involved, you have to give them something. Mm-hmm. So if I can get that, that they get involved in the matches, is because uh, my girls are doing something right. 
Awesome. Well, again, Coach, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. I'm reserving the right to bring you back on. I feel like I still have a list of questions I didn't quite get to. Uh, so I'm going to reserve that, right? But thank you so much for taking the time and obviously wishing you all safety, health, and good luck uh, throughout the course of your 2022 season. Thank you. Thank you so much, Alex. <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 